Hi everyone, and a very warm welcome to the Learning Journeys podcast from Lacuna Learning. This is Thinking Out Loud, episode 5. In these episodes, I share a short reflection on something that is going on for me right now, or maybe something that's been sparked for me from one of our podcast guests. They are Thinking Out Loud episodes, as they're ideas that are not yet fully formed. I'm kind of working through them. That means there will be tangents, and so I would love it if people get in touch between episodes to kind of share their own reflections and perhaps to help me to put some thoughts together. Before I jump into this Thinking Out Loud episode, I want to thank everyone for listening, subscribing, and buying me a coffee, etc, etc, etc. It is massively appreciated, and I'm always surprised and humbled by the response we've had. I wanted to give a quick shout out to our listeners from across the world. In particular, our new listeners from the Netherlands, as well as the Canadian state of Quebec, and the US states of Alabama and Pennsylvania. I'm obviously at the mercy of podcast analytics, so if I've missed anybody out over the last few months, then please give me a shout, as it'd be great to get to know you all. And if there are people you'd love to hear on the podcast who I might not have heard of from your own country, then feel free to get in touch and suggest them. We hope you're all keeping really well, and after the last few weeks, including a holiday, so apologies for the break in podcasts while I had my little break, I have decided that in today's Thinking Out Loud, I want to ask the question, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Or the improved version of that question from the wonderful Brene Brown, what's worth doing even if you fail? I'm going to share a few points here before I dive in just to help you navigate it as there are three areas I'm going to cover. The first are the responses I got on Twitter when I first asked this question in 2019 and the ripples that have kind of moved on from there for me. The second is me sharing what my big list item was back then and what it was like when I took it on 10 days ago. And the story is, of course, included. And the third is asking you how these questions play out in your own personal and professional lives. Okay, here we go. I asked this question a number of years ago on Twitter and got an amazing response, which broadly fell into two categories. The first was a list of cool stuff people are a bit scared to take on or things that just feel a bit beyond them right now. And the second was questioning the validity of the question, which probably says more about the kind of people that I hang out with. Both of which were great and kind of to be expected. So here's list one. Cool stuff people were a bit scared to take on. Liz Birkinshaw, who was on the podcast right at the start, been pondering this on and off all day. My honest answer is I don't know. Maybe something that means I could be the best therapeutic parent that I could be. Or more selfishly to get a healthy BMI and stay there. Love it. Super honest. Kurt Lindley, Kurt engaged with this question a lot. He said, I just choose to love who you are and the rest will work itself out. Sounds like such a simple thing, but it's probably really hard, isn't it? And then he said, swim that lake. I don't know what that lake was, Kurt, but I want to find out if you swam it yet. My good friend Dustin Miller, ex-Royal Navy, he said, still saying, row the Atlantic, finishing in Falmouth Harbour in Antigua with a tot of rum with the tot club. That sounds pretty cool and very like Dusty. Alan Lynn, who was on the podcast right at the start, he just stuck a photo of Everest up. So I presume that's what, what he was getting on at. Um, Another friend shared something similar when he said, I've come up short so many times in life, but I don't view it as failure. Not attempting is failure for me, but if I knew I'd make it, I'd climb Everest. Interesting. Derek O'Reardon, this will be like a flash in the past for Derek. I would also go back in time like Andrew Gillett, but become more curious more often in my teens and early 20s. I love this, Derek. Learning the value of learning, true learning. Jenny Cody, Doug, great question was what she said. Things in her head at the time were Everest again appeared. Interesting. Euro millions, of course. If you knew you couldn't fail, you'd have did the Euro millions, right? Sub 10 in the 100 metres, of course. Love it. Richard Cheatham, he said, 
riding up Canton Street in Pittsburgh on a tandem. So this is the steepest street in the US. Could end in epic failure, but I like doing something that has an element of doubt. I like the struggle and the challenge. But the best and most comedic answer in that first list came from paddle sport coach and chemist Bruce Jolliffe. He said, I envy astronauts as a chemist the thought of sitting strapped to a supermassive tank of highly refined rocket fuel and liquid oxygen waiting to be channeled in a directionally concentrated burn is fraught with obvious risk. But then, just this, and he shared a photo of the Earth from space. And I got chills just looking at it. If you knew you couldn't fail, you'd get in that rocket, right? Okay, list two. Kurt, he gave this some real thought. I think if you couldn't fail, maybe it would have less relevance and therefore you actually wouldn't want to do it so much. Or would it be less fulfilling? Derek O'Riordan simply said, Ah, Doug, there is no failure. What a wonderful point. Maybe that is true. Andrew Woodruff, I've learned more from failure than I have from success in the last four years. The fear of failure keeps you sharp. It would be too easy otherwise. Keith McCulloch said, In a sense, paradoxically, I may not do anything else. Not sure I could be motivated and unsatisfied with a sure thing, maybe. This idea of a sure thing would be less interesting. And Alistair Russell, doesn't the possibility of failure drive most of us on to succeed? I was, of course, then asked what I would do, and I replied two things. Number one, I would ask some Twitter friends a big, scary, open question that's been challenging me. And secondly, I'd climb the Coolin Ridge on Sky in a single day. That was my big list item of what I'd do if I knew I couldn't fail of course, the reality of it is that I could have failed. The single day traverse of the Coolin Ridge on Sky has sat with me for years and years. And as those of you on Instagram may have seen recently, because I put a post up, I finally gave it a go about 10 days ago. Going into that attempt, there were so many unknowns that I genuinely didn't know if I could do it. I had prepared as best as I could, but training in my local Edinburgh during a national lockdown wasn't exactly ideal for taking on a huge alpine style traverse. The weather was always unpredictable. And if we got a weather window, I'd just have to go. I didn't know how well my lungs had healed from pneumonia last year. I was busy working with a young family to prioritise, so all these factors lingered in my mind. There was also the biggest one of all for me. How would I cope with the exposure of having 3,000 feet of air beneath my feet while making tricky climbing moves, often without a rope? In preparing for the ridge, I spoke often with my mountain guide Nathan White about the difference between risk and consequence. The risk of me making a mistake on the kinds of routes we were climbing was actually pretty low. Well within my abilities as a climber, rocks really grippy and solid, and I'm fairly experienced in climbing and mountaineering now. But on the other side, the consequences of any mistakes were unthinkable. A single poorly placed foot or hasty move that didn't pay off over the course of literally thousands of moves could only have one consequence. It led me to embracing a very vulnerable thought that may be of value to you. I don't know if this will work. And I wonder how often we say those words to ourselves and our colleagues. The important part, though, is not that this thought crosses our minds, but what we choose to do with it. My experience and observation would be that more often than not, when we have that thought, we kind of choose to play it safe and we kind of become risk-averse just in case it doesn't turn out well. And this then led me to an even more important question, which is how Brene Brown rephrased the original question. What's worth doing even if you fail? I wrestled with this so often in the preparation for the Coolin Ridge on Sky. I suppose I put failure into two categories to help me. First of all, the serious one. Failure on the ridge could mean that I seriously injure myself or even kill myself. Anyone who's seen the film Free Solo featuring Alex Honnold, if you haven't, where have you been? Go and watch it, it's amazing. will be aware that everyone who took part in the film, including the crew, had to take the time to recognise this as a serious possibility and reconcile this to at least some extent. 
I had to reconcile this one and decide that if the worst came to the worst, could I satisfy myself that failing to even try, as somebody put it earlier, would be worse than trying and failing? That said, I obviously put a huge amount of time and effort into mitigating the most serious risks, including preparing properly and taking along a guide who knew the ridge well. And then the disappointing ones, not the not the risk of getting hurt. This was kind of the one I found hardest to get my head around. What if my body broke down and just wasn't strong enough? Or what if the climbing was too hard? I got freaked out by the exposure and I couldn't cope. I spent a lot of time embracing this rather than ignoring it, which meant that when my body started to break down two thirds or maybe three quarters way through the traverse, I didn't get into I'm a failure mode. Instead, I owned it. I told Nathan I was struggling and that we'd need to find a way to get through this together. In the end, a 15 hour day turned into a 16 and a half hour day. But this could easily have become an 18 or 19 hour day if I hadn't prepared for that possibility. Even if we'd had to bail off the route earlier, I think I'd answer the question of would it be worth doing even if I'd failed? So let me ask you the questions. What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? What's worth doing even if you fail? And how often do you ask yourself or hear the words, I don't know if this will work? What does that look like in your professional life? How often do we play it safe because we can't find the resources to be vulnerable and to take an informed risk? I'm kind of thinking a lot right now around how we create environments where people feel safe to share their vulnerable ideas. There's probably another podcast here, which I'll not go into right now, around psychological safety and trust. I had a catch up with Rusty from the Magic Academy recently, and he said, go on, do one on trust and psychological safety. So maybe I did that nudge. So thank you, Rusty. So while the fear of failure might make things more challenging and valuable, I think it'd be great to ask your friends, families, and colleagues what they might try if they knew they couldn't fail. Because for me, it taps into that critical question. And this is really the crux of this podcast for me. What is it that's really stopping you from doing something? That's what I think this question is all about. Thank you so much for listening to this Thinking Out Loud episode. And I hope that you found it interesting and maybe even thought-provoking. I am so interested in your answer to these questions. And let me know if this is something that you're also wrestling with. And maybe if it's something I could help you with. I definitely need to be less scared of that podcast on psychological safety and trust. So maybe need to finally take a deep breath and take those big ones on. I would love to know what you think. So feel free to get in touch on Twitter, Instagram. I'm at podscoachdev, LinkedIn, or by plain old email through my website, lacunalearning.co.uk. You can find a bit more about my work on there as well, or at doug at lacunalearning.co.uk, which I check pretty often. Feel free to suggest guests and topics for future podcasts, as I'm always open to good ideas. Please hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes and look forward to hearing from you. If you enjoyed the podcast, I would be so grateful if you want to buy me a coffee. Helps keep the podcast going and you can find the link on my podcast page. Thank you so much for listening to the Learning Journeys podcast and please stay safe, everyone. 